Yep. Welcome back to Free Game V Podcast. It's your boy Josh Talks, aka JYV Spy. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing well, feeling well, and smelling well. Alright, before we start this show, this week I'm going to start with the triple A, which is the angel message, the angel number, and the affirmation for the week. True spiritual awareness is the ability to transform a circumstance that seems negative or terribly wrong into an opportunity for redemption. The ability to do this is one of the greatest feats of mankind. I am always with you to send you the love and support you need to face obstacles. I am also able to show you a new perspective to see the light in the hardships you face. Your remarkable ability to overcome is a great source of strength and wisdom. So the angel number is number one. This number encourages you to take personal responsibility. Personal responsibility is how you mature and gain wisdom. Change can only happen when you are willing to acknowledge what needs to transform in your life. So the action steps to take is make a list of things you feel ready to alter in your life. Reflect on how taking ownership of your attitude and approach gives you the power to usher in goodness. And the affirmation, which is one that I use today, actually. I am able to create good from bad. I know I can shift from sad to glad. All right, guys, so I'm going to take a small break, and I'll be back with our guest this week. Yep. Listen, don't even get me started with technology. I'm, <laughs> I don't know how I have this podcast and have had it for so long, because technology is not my forte, apparently. No, same here. Same here. <laughs> but um, well, thank you for coming on, first of all. Um, I'm sorry to hear about your week. Uh, it's okay. But, it's um, over. Hopefully we have a little fun today. So I have random <laughs> questions I'm going to ask you before we get into our topic. Okay. All right. Oh, well, first of all, you guys, this is Cameron. Met him on everybody. Clubhouse. It's a really, really great soul. And I was like, you know what? Let me talk to Cameron because his mm-hmm. insight on things are just so, like, vibrant. And hopefully by the end of the episode, you guys will know what I mean oh, Thank that. you. Thank you so much. That was too kind. You're always like, oh, you're kind, and I'm really not, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I try to be, you know, work in progress. And, I mean, we're, we we all got, you know, so, you know, I'm a work in progress myself, trust me. I have my moments where I have to just stand back and say, Cameron, you can't. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> okay, so um, the first question I have for you, I'm trying to get a little deep for you. When was the last time you were really happy? Okay, I hear you. Do you hear me? Hello? Yeah. Got you. Okay. Uh, I can't I can't really uh, pinpoint. I will say that the last time I was just like super ecstatic. I would say when I was driving to Seattle from Virginia, <clears throat> excuse me, I had uh, recently just made a whole life change and said, you know what? I want to live in Seattle. And just like the movie, <laughs> I just <laughs> drove. For, I was in Virginia, so like I drove from Virginia to Seattle. Where did I stop at? I heard you were driving from Virginia to Seattle. Yeah, uh, driving from Virginia to Seattle. 
uh, I was in a an emotionally abusive relationship I just got out of. Uh, I was doing a huge career change. And I was just like, you know what? I want to live in Seattle. And so I drove, but I'd be kidding you if I was not terrified around Kentucky. I went to turn around, but I was like, yeah. I'm um, I'm, How I'm long is um, it, it was supposed to be longer than it took. I drove here in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I drove from Virginia to Seattle in three days. It was ridiculous. I don't know how I did it because I'm not a, I don't like driving. I do not like driving. After 30 minutes, I get antsy. I'm like, get me out of here. But um, as I'm driving, I'm just, I'm rolling down the windows, open up the summer, but I'm just screaming out and I'm just letting out all this energy and I'm blasting my music because a lot of the area is just flat open plain and you're, you're listening to Siri. She's like, continue for another 500 miles. And I'm like, bet. So I'm just going to drive. <laughs> and so I'm just screaming, letting all this energy. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the realization when I'm driving to Seattle that it's not the destination that matters. It was the journey getting there. Yes. And when I got there, I got so excited. And then I saw um, one friend of mine. Uh, she was there with her wife. She was in the uh, military. And her birthday is on the 31st of December. And I got to uh, Seattle uh, in September. And so our birthday is the 31st of September, so I'm um, sorry, uh, December, and we decided to go to Vancouver for her birthday. And Vancouver, I didn't know it was that close to Seattle. It's like just a couple hours away from Seattle. It was so much fun. I just thought that I'm bringing in the new year in a new place, new mindset. Let's go. That was New Year's 2020. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. And so I come here and I'm like, I'm so excited to be here. Then boom, COVID. I'm just like, oh, it's yeah, but that's been a well, growing. You know, you've had like a whole journey. That's like really mm. interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was like longer than that. You that you've been there. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I I moved here. Well, I arrived in Seattle September fourth, two thousand nineteen, and signed my first lease on the seventh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, how's it been living there versus Virginia? Um. I like it. Um, I live actually in greater Seattle. Um, so, well, when I first got here, I was in Chinatown and I loved it because I went to live in the city. So I downsized, um, I downsized a lot of everything. So furniture and I just, I wanted the grit and grime of the city. And I got that. And where I was staying in Virginia was Chesapeake, which was kind of cool, but you know, it was more residential, more neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, Chinatown, you're like, boom, grit, grime, Chinatown. And it was amazing, not to mention, um, I'm a foodie. So I had like 73 restaurants within the three mile radius to my disposal. And then um, transportation was pretty cool because I was right across the street from the, the subway transit. And I was literally just a block away from the street trolley. So I rarely had to use my car. And not to Ooh. mention, I, yeah, it, first time I ever rode a street trolley, man. And um, my building was right next, you know, whenever you go to any city's Chinatown, they'll have the huge pagoda with the archway. Mm -hmm. My bedroom window was right on the the left, yeah, the left side of that archway. And there was a, I know, it was just a view. I had a corner unit. It was only 430 square feet though. So you could pretty much turn around and lie down. but it was just beautiful. It was one of the last few neighborhoods that had not been fully gentrified. And I okay. was I was beginning this beautiful journey. And opposed to Virginia, where I was in a career transition and I was in this relationship and in this area that was cool, residential, but it was not ultimately where I wanted to be. And Seattle kind of, you know, sealed the deal. 
Wait, so what's the nightlife like? Or have you experienced it? I know COVID like kind of hit as soon as you got there, but have you experienced like kind of like the nightlife? I know you went to restaurants, but like <laughs> I would say that um the nightlife in Seattle, I, I only witnessed a couple months of it before the whole world was put on house arrest. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> but um yeah, it was it was pretty live. Uh I didn't, I went to Capitol Hill, which is the traditional LGBT community in Seattle. Um, I only clubbed there three times and then I would do the rest of my clubbing in Soto, south of downtown. They mirrored that off in New York. They did their their swag. But yeah. I would, they, it's, it's very vibrant. You're going to find a lot here. And I think that that mirrors um, <clears throat> What Seattle was known for in the early '90s, the avant-garde art, the music, the 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 art sector in general, in Seattle was always very rich, and you're gonna find something for your your fancy here. Um, the problem, however, is that you're not gonna find a lot of people of color. I was just with, about to say, what about the culture? Because that's what I want to kind of look for. Is it any culture, mm. or is it like far and few in between? You're going far and few. In between, you see a lot of Asian, sub Asia, like India, um, Filipino. I mean, uh, of that's course, nice, Caucasian. But, like, you know, I but our people. representation yeah. is exactly our representation is we've been kicked out, I would say, essentially kicked out of the city. And we're either outside of Seattle because it's cheaper or we're t- in Tacoma, which is like an hour and some change away from where I live at in Seattle. And it's sad because when I, <clears throat> when I first got here, I just decided to drive around. And I ended up in this neighborhood, Central District. And as I'm driving around Central District, I see Medgar Evers Pool Hall. And then I see Langston Hughes Performing School of Arts. I was like, wait a minute. Where am I at right now? Like, hold and on. They, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the historic Black uh, community. I said, so where are the Black? Oh, yeah, gentrification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. You know, yeah, whenever um, the tech the tech giants came here and literally just wiped out everything, they just started gentrifying the crap out of the city. They've already been doing it, but they just started gentrifying the crap out of the city. And they made rent really high and made resources very scarce. And so people had to leave Seattle to afford to survive. It was sad. Doesn't it sound like the American dream, huh? Right. Mm -hmm. What dream? Somebody's dream. (laughs) Somebody's dream. Yeah, we we know whose dream, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you uh, brought up the community. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> One of the things I like really noticed about you is like your presence on your IG is like really, really positive mm-hmm. and really like vibrant, like I said. So um, who are you striving to be within the LGBT community? A stepping stone. I want to be a mentor. I want to be a healer. I want to be someone that people can not mirror what they want and who they what they want out of life and who they want to be. But I want them to look at me and say, you know what, he did it. I can do it. What's what's stopping me? You know, like, yeah, I might not have the resources. I might not have this and that. This might be going bad for me. But you know what? I I would personally say that I am living proof that if you literally want it, it will happen. And I've been in situations where it just seemed like the last. I've been in situations where it was very dark and mm-hmm. surround, surrounded by people, but you still feel alone. And Oof. it just seems as though you fall on your face and then a house falls on you. you right. know what I'm saying? And, then, and you're just like, why can't I just 
get a break? Why am I always fighting for something? Why can't I just, why can't things just come to me? You know, and to be that person and to experience those, those, those feelings, those, those scenarios, those uh, instances, and to say today that I overcame them, I want people to know that, hey, you too can overcome, you know, I whenever know. I say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, I was saying, I love that. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. When I, when I, when I say... It's like I'm in church. Hey, man, keep on. Keep on. <laughs> I'm not trying to preach. I'm just, you know, I, I just have a story. We have a story. Mm-hmm. You know? When I say you matter, I am not saying it to make it seem as though that I'm at this higher plane of consciousness or I've done this and that and this is who I am. I'm saying that because I know how it feels to not matter. I know how it feels to feel like you're second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you put, you place yourself there because that's what you're used to. I know how that feels, you know? And I want people to know that you do matter. Your voice matters. Your space matters. Your emotions matter. Ooh. And to remember that despite of, you know? I love that. Okay. Oof. I'm trying not to get all emotional. Your testimony is very similar to mine, but um, okay. So think back to a time where you felt transformed. How do you feel like you changed? Can you hear me? Talking. <laughs> My screen. screen. Yes. um, I said, well, I got my hair cut today. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) transformed now. Right now. I am so serious. Coming to Seattle, excuse me, I noticed that I was supposed to come here to learn something. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to come to Seattle, not Dallas, not stay in Pittsburgh, not stay in Chesapeake, Virginia. I was supposed to come to Seattle to learn something, to learn about myself, to remind myself of my power, to get rid of these idiosyncrasies and these problematic characteristics I have with my person. I have been learning that and to experience that in Seattle and to experience these learning curves and these lessons during COVID I am transforming and literally, I know this sounds very cliche, but I look at pictures of myself whenever I first came here, I not recognize my a weight, a weight gain, a weight loss thing. But you know, when people say, oh, you won't even be able to recognize yourself, I literally cannot physically recognize that person. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's a different feeling. It's a different glow. And it's bi- it's bittersweet, beautiful. It's it is literally a transformation, what I have been experiencing here, the isolation. And go, and through that isolation, I have learned to go inward in my feelings and to sit with myself and to allow myself to feel these feelings that I would just brush in the back of my mind or try to forget because they're too painful. And finally feeling these feelings and allowing mm-hmm. myself to feel that emotion so I can finally heal from it. Because yes. I was used to keeping my, we're, a lot of us are used to keeping ourselves busy yep. to avoid the actual problem. And then boom, here comes a panini. And now we're stuck with ourselves and we're yep. like, crap, the norms that used to be in place, they're not there anymore, including seeing your psychologist in person. So what are you going to do? You either adapt or you die. Talking about 
But um, okay, so you were talking about being a mentor in the community and mm-hmm. stepping stones. So, how would you want to make others feel like after like an encounter with you? Because I know how, I've already talked about how your presence, online presence, has been. So, how would you want someone to feel coming to you and having a conversation with you? Empowered as hell. I want them to go through this like he kept going despite of and whatever you want to put in that blank put it in there I want people to feel like I matter I want them to feel validated I want them to feel and remember their power and remember that you know what shit happens but you are still a king. You are still a queen. You are a beautiful being that was sent here for a human experience. But remember your divinity. You are here for a human experience, period. Right. You are powerful beyond who you think you are. And once you realize that, once I realize that, there is nothing anyone can tell me. When I remembered my power and I look myself in the mirror and I say, you are powerful. You are amazing. You are beautiful. Feel that. Feel that. Like Jennifer Lewis says, if you don't love yourself, stand in the mirror until you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? I I want people to feel that way whenever they see me or whenever they come across uh, my presence or feel my energy. Feel your own power through me because we're all the same. I don't put on my shoes any differently than you. I don't wipe my ass any different. Maybe, but like, <laughs> we are—we are all the same beings. We're all powerful. Remember that. Right. Okay. So we're gonna creep on into the topic that we discussed. So, do you <clears throat> think if your family didn't accept your partner, you would still marry them? Um. Yes. Well, me personally, I can say that. Um, it, but I know that uh, situation dictates. It depends on your relationship with your family. It might even depend on assets. Some people put that above love. Some people put a trust fund. Some, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, me personally, yes, I would still go after or have a partner that my family does not approve of because this is my relationship. And at the end of the day, if you do love me, you'll get over it. You'll respect it. It's like not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to be okay with who you are disregarding what you are. But if they love you, they will understand. And with that love comes tolerance. With tolerance is acceptance. There it is. Okay, so when did you come out to your family and how was their reaction? Oh, they've already, they've always known that I was uh, a bit on the rainbow bright. Uh, but <laughs> One of the fairies. <laughs> listen, when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, one of my favorite, if this was not a red flag, uh, one of my favorite VHS, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself. One of my favorite v, uh, VHSs was um, Little Orphan Annie. Really? And it was, <laughs> yes, yes. And it was the... The performance with Carol Burnett. I love Carol Burnett. And <laughs> I watched that VHS back to back to back to the point where I memorized all the lines and I memorized every last dance performance in that see in that whole video. My grandmother ended up hiding the VHS. I didn't find
Today's podcast is presented by Podco. Podco is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you can always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podco. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Let them know that Free Game, the podcast sent you. That's Free Game for you, y'all. Cam. Hola. You lucky I love you because I'm gonna have so much fun editing all this. So much fun. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> logging and editing is so much fun, isn't it? So much fun. I have to keep a smile on my face while I say that. Totally <laughs> <laughs> it should be fun. Yes. Um you're talking about the VHS that your grandmother hid from you <laughs> because you Yeah. I was just a big little black boy ball of magic and power and Broadway performances. And that was, come on now, I wanted to be Yellow Ranger all the time. Katana oh my Mortal God, Kombat. Me Katana too. Mortal Kombat, don't fuck with me. Like, like seriously. Okay, wait, do you know, okay, so since you said that, my favorite VHS was the Aristocats. Did you ever watch that movie? I tried to watch it as a kid, but that the, the white cat she just gave me too much pretentiousness, even as a ten year old, and I, I I couldn't get behind it. I just she felt she reminded me of a girl in my class that I wanted to dug out, but like <laughs> I was like I can't I can't watch this. No, yeah, the Little Mermaid, of course, the Power Rangers, yes, a couple. Oh, yeah, Ursula is one of my favorite villains. Oh, God. Maleficent's one of mine, just because she's so petty. Like, all of that because they didn't invite her to the party. She's like, oh, for her. I truly feel for her because, like, she did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think Maleficent did nothing. And oh, so y'all going to invite everybody in the crib, including yeah. the chick on the same block as me, but me. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm all right. Well, I, got, I, 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 got a bir- I got a birthday gift for you, ready? I got a birthday <laughs> gift for you. All right, I got something for you, too. <laughs> okay. Um, Who was the first person outside of your family that you came out to? Oh, my gosh. Outside. Okay. Um, Jessica Verholic, 10th grade. I was so nervous. I was on my grandmother's rotary phone. Hola, okay. hello. What did Jessica say? Yeah, <laughs> well, you're you're going to have a great time with <laughs> your editorials. It's so cute. Um, yeah, so Jessica was uh, my my best friend, like in the in tenth grade, and a little white girl, very very pretty, curly hair, strawberry blonde, and I remember uh, she knew she knew. You know, I was kind of sweet, but I'd never really confirmed. So I remember I was on the phone um, downstairs in the basement so my grandmother couldn't hear and it sporadically going up the stairs to see if she's trying to sneak on another line. You know the mm-hmm. old oh, yes. those days. You hear some extra never, breathing, never you're like, uh uh-uh. I hear you breathing. <laughs> lot. I hear your breath, Grandma. <laughs> so I'm in fifth grade and I just trusted her. I was like, I have something to tell you. <laughs> I'm laughing like a hell crap right now. And she's like, what's up? And I was like, um, and I just laugh. And when I'm very, very nervous, I laugh as though somebody is tickling the crap. 
Oh my god, that's so cute. Because first of all, Cameron smile is you hear me? for y'all. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um I finally just told her, I was like, you know what? Uh I'm gay. She was like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> and I remember I was in the I was in the bathroom in the basement. I was like, that's it? Are you sure? Because coming from a black family. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And so, like, uh, being in a black family and, you know, doing sweet things, but still trying to mask them from, like, you know, the men of the family and in the black community. And, you know, you have an uncles and, and cousins that are saying, you know, when you gonna get some bass in your voice, or why yeah. you always want to be the, the Yellow Ranger, or you, why you, you have to like that, or you had you, why, why you talk like that? Why your hands? Why you switch? Why and, you like playing with hair? Like damn. Or Barbies. My sister used to snitch on me uh, playing with her Barbies and stuff like that. And oh. you know, and you really have to mask yourself and in and, and some and in a sense assimilate yourself to hetero norms mm-hmm. because. You you start to develop these characteristics and these idiosyncratic actions where they are put in place for you to survive, not to yeah. live. Yeah. And, and so it was you, never yours. That's what's so crazy. Talk about it. And so coming from that community to this one, I'm not going like you know talk about the difference between the black and white community when it comes to homosexuality or whatever. Ooh, but that um, be here for three hours. Listen, hello, and <laughs> but. You know, for her to be so open and receptive when I came out to her in 10th grade, it was like, okay, good. This, this is this is a great feeling. Um, and coming from a Black community where it's not openly accepted and in a small rural town where, let's be honest, there was like four Black churches in our town. And it was one of those towns where, by last name, they knew your yep. family. And my family... family um, my family, I come from Adair. My grandmother's maiden name is Adair. That's one of the oldest ones in the community. So, oh, yeah, I know your mom, your grandma, and guess what? We go to the same church. So it was mm-hmm. not a lot of leeway to act out um, or at right. least be yourself, unabashedly true. And so when she did that, I, I still had to play that role because at the end of the day, I'm still in grandma's house, right. you know? But to know that I can confide in somebody and at least with this one person, I can be myself with this one person. Right. That made me feel I can I can go to her house and it wouldn't matter. I can go to her house and I wouldn't have to hear faggot or anything like that. I I didn't I felt welcome. And then little by little, you know, other people in our circle, I started to come out to them. And it was it was um four or five people knew by the time my senior year. And uh after that, I still was trying to hide it. When I went to college, yeah. I was still trying to hide it. Um I was still wearing now, I'm not trying to knock on any of your your listeners that uh Dress like this, but hear me. For me personally, I did this to mask my sexuality. I wore a lot of fitteds. I wore Tims. I wore forces. I wore baggy clothes. And mm-hmm. and back in the in, in, back in the two thousands, where you were changing all the laces and getting all the live strong bands to match. Come your on outfits. for the nine nine two thousands. How you doing? <laughs> no, you don't. No, oh my god. And it's funny because I'm when like, I talk that? to people, people will be like, oh. What you? What do you mean? Oh my! I, I can tell you're gay. Who I am today was not who the hell I was in high school, which makes sense. I mean, I'm 34 years old, opposed to 18. But when it comes to mannerisms, idiosyncrasies, I was trying to hide it to survive. Right now, mm-hmm. I'm who I am because I accept who I am. But over, I was deepening my voice, watching how I walked. Everything was very methodological, so I didn't have to. I wasn't put under this microscope, especially in this different chapter of college, like starting in college. Mm-hmm. And trying to like you know discover myself that way, and it wasn't until um, 
sophomore year that I finally was like, you know what, screw this. Why do I care that they care? Right. Why? You know, so, but it was scary. It was scary. I just found it really interesting that we would, that we have to come out anyway. So, I mean, I didn't. We don't. Officially. Right. That's what was my whole mindset. And a lot of people in my family, they were just like, well, why didn't you just tell us? Why didn't you just tell us? Like, why do I have to tell you anything? Yeah. That's, it shouldn't make a difference, honestly. Do you explain to me your sexuality? Do you tell me when you're about to sleep with someone or when you want to date someone? No, because that's not what I expect. Facts. But Facts. that's a whole nother issue. Um, I want to keep think you that it, Yeah, what? go ahead. Quickly, oh, I think that... Um, yeah. I think it comes from administration because we started this whenever Pride um, started to get... Um, like the first Pride parades in this, I think it was like 70s, I think the first Pride parade was, um, or the late 60s. No, it was the 70s because 70s, uh, 19, 1969, I think, was uh, really the year Stonewall. But they started coming out with, oh, yeah, coming out and all this other stuff. And here comes Diana Ross. I'm coming out. Coming and it out, made, yeah. mm-hmm. why do we have to come out? Why who I am or who I bring to my bedroom or who I don't, why should I be public business? Right. Like with, not to quote Miles the King because different story but it should be just a content of your character why do you have to know my sexuality why do i have to come out that makes no sense to me now granted if you do it you do it i did it you know what i'm saying but for those who don't do it why are they ostracized why are pressure to do oh oh, oh, you oh oh, you or you're pressured or oh you dl no i just it's not your business you don't. I don't think that you're privy or you got the clearance for information on that level. I'm sorry. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's just something that always bothered me. Or and this question, like, um, so when did you know you were gay? But oh, damn. When did you know you were? Gay? Tell me about that day. Tell me right. about the Right. I would like to know. Sure. When did you choose that day? Because I must have been absent that day. I didn't get to choose. So when did you choose? To Yo, I, I I missed that. I missed that training. Uh, I, I guess just, we I, all I, did. I just missed we missed that, that memo. Skipping. We must Listen. have been playing with our dolls, and yeah, <laughs> I must have been, or somebody else's. But, <laughs> <laughs> but let me stop. <laughs> um. So I guess that brings me to the next question: Could you date someone who has not come out? Oh, but of course. It's not like, listen, I told my family this a long time ago. I said, whenever I, I say who I am, I'm not asking you to blast Madonna or Beyonce or Little Kim and Ray Wave flags down the street. <laughs> I just want you to accept. That's it. A lot of people get this mistake with acceptance and intolerance. And, and I don't care that you don't like what I do, but you will respect me. Here you know what I'm saying? Um, I would I wouldn't mind dating somebody who was not out. Why is it anybody's business? This is our relationship. Now I'm not I, I do like public displays of affection, but even if we don't do it, okay, cool. I know his heart. He knows my heart. I'm not gonna be the one like you didn't hold my hand in the street. Fuck out of here, dude. Grow up. You yeah, know that actually like, makes me uncomfortable. Actually, so I, no. I don't care about the uh, PDA, but just as long as you're comfortable, you know your sexuality, and you're not exactly hiding me or making Preach. me feel like I have to act a certain way. Like I don't care about like who all knows about your sexuality because again, I don't think it's anyone's business other than the person you're dating. Preach. I think once that person tries to change you, that's when we have a problem. Or if you are doing it with a a motive behind where I'm not trying to come out because of how you 
few homo, homo, homosexuality or sorry, same sex of same sex love. And in a sense, that is internalized homophobia. Yep. So Ooh, here we go with it. Now deep that, in the community. That, so deep. about this, so deep in the community and so deep in the black community too. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. Long story short, yes, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind dating someone who was not out to the world because it's no one's business. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask you this because I was doing some snooping on your page, right? I'm not pregnant. And- you're not damn see no. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um um i read that you were into african spirituality mm-hmm. so can you go into a little bit of detail about that because i <laughs> dibble and dabble as well but i want to know like what dabble. started that well i i you know keep it kind of low-key because <laughs> I, I go on the deep end i uh, i'm a research nerd so i kind of like go and and we'll talk. Um, but I just wanted to know what um, got you into this um, researching, I guess, or studying that. Well, I, I would say as a kid, I was very, I had a creative mind. I still have a creative mind. I would be so afraid to jump inside that world. Woo! Mm-hmm. But um, as a kid, I, w- I would love to, in the autumn time, walk and missed leaves that were blowing and I would pretend that I'm pushing them with my energy, you know, like, ooh. And then here comes Kraft and Sabrina Teenage Witch on the crowd. But uh, fast yes, forward to when I came to Seattle, once again, <clears throat> Seattle, you're gonna probably freak out about a couple things. So I'm rewind you back to September, 2019. I get here around November. Now this is a month before, you know, the Vancouver trip, whatever, New Year's. <clears throat> so November, mm-hmm. I decided to renounce Christianity. I was, I wouldn't say a devout Christian, but I was at Christian faith, but it was, as I had gotten older, it was Christianity mixed with spirituality. There's some things that I don't agree with, but mm-hmm. I couldn't really, I couldn't really explain if this was okay or not, because it felt good. And it's not like I'm being I, I didn't feel bad about it. But as I had gotten older, I noticed that Christianity doesn't really vibe with me. And there were certain things, not to make your, your listeners feel um, <clears throat> bad or feel like oh, you're no, being um, targeted. But I... um safe space for everyone, so go ahead. Oh, thank you. Good. I like safe spaces. Um, but I, I felt like it wasn't really... It didn't ring any bells anymore. And not to mention, there were a lot of topics that I didn't get an, an adequate answer about when it comes to controlling the female body, when it mm. comes to fear of human sexuality. And, mm-hmm. and, and, in the, and in the garden, they say, and they ate the apple and boom, they were naked and they were ashamed. Who told them to be ashamed to be naked? No one is answering this. And then not to mention cultural imperialism. People say, oh, I learned English. No, you were assimilated. This was yeah. thrown on you. We, we had our own gods and goddesses and ways of thinking, values and beliefs. And they threw us on this they, boat they and, to a new land. Yeah. And they said, this is what you're going to do. If not, we're going to kill you. And then you're, there's this, this eternal lake of fire you're going to in the afterlife. Even that gets me like, okay, this Bible, like, what does it say on most of the Bibles? King James Version. What king do, do you know, think that is? Do you do we know who King James? Do, do you, you know guys these times know? they revised Sorry, that Queen James. Bible? Do you um, know who King James was? Oh, God. I'm just like, okay, but y'all go ahead. Go off. I, re- I still read the Bible. There's some things in there that, that I could align myself in my life but i would 
call myself a spiritualist like I'm more spiritual than anything like but the whole religious thing like I just really feel like that's the way to control people but well I wouldn't say that religion controls because I think religion and spirituality can be very beautiful things it's when you're molding and shaping that to control people that's when it becomes organized you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but if we're going to talk about King James do you know his history (laughs) <laughs> they know King James. Let's just say this: he was a very flamboyant king to the point where the peasants and people in that town in Europe would call him Queen James. And to this day, <laughs> he is buried next to his suitor, and that's just a fancy medieval word for the fashion designer. And we know what that means. He's not buried next to his wife; he's buried next to his fashion designer, and we know what that means. Anywho, it's <laughs> new. All the wigs and the makeup he was wearing. Queen, yeah, what, they okay. called him Queen James. He was he was either bisexual or just really, really, really femme gay. That's who he King James was. Secret lovers, but they, they don't want to do research. They, they just, don't want to okay. do the research because honestly, it's easy for if something resonates with you because you've been assimilated with this for a long time and it just seems right. Why would you even question it? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then when people started questioning, you become very defensive because it's your values and your beliefs are so deeply rooted in these lies that, you know, this is who I am. So you're not going to tell me any different. Um, but it wasn't resonating with me. So I left Christianity and I remember I, I laid in my bed when I was in Chinatown. I cried because, again, this was my values, my belief system of my my beliefs, my spiritual beliefs, and I'm leaving it. And so I was like, so what do I do now? And so I started looking at things. And I thought about African spirituality and I found Iforisha. And then I started to research and I'm gonna try to sound like some nerd. You guys need to do your work. I started researching because there's no chocolate chips in a cookie up here. So when I had a Facebook, I started researching Ifa, African spirituality, Iforisha, anything. Dead end, dead end, dead end. Article on somebody in Seattle or Tacoma. He was, I think he was in the army. He had gotten out and he and his wife started Ifa Odisha. That was a dead end. And it, finally, I got a hold of an Ifa, which is an African priest. And he started to help me uh, get introduced to Ifa Odisha. And I, what I like about it is that your sexuality is not a big deal for majority of people. Some people still don't like it, but for this spirituality, for this spiritual following, same-sex lovers are actually held in an esteem. You are seen as gatekeepers to the spiritual world because you are made of both masculine and feminine energies, which we all are, but more so same-sex. You know, and so I just liked how not only it felt more welcoming in that sense, but this was something that was ours. Black and brown people, this was ours. Africa, this was ours. And it made me so mad how it's demonized in media and what what the Catholic Church has made, has frowned upon it because at the end of the day, it's just black and brown bodies worshiping black and brown God and goddesses and energies. But you can put your God on the silver screen, looking at you, Thor, or you can name your cars Mercury, you can name your cars Saturn, you can name the days of the week, all all Nordic weeks, you can name your shoes Nike. We are breathing life mm. into these deities every time we use these things or say their names. But the minute you have black and brown people worshiping black and brown God and God says, we are witches. Oh, we're doing this work, mm-hmm. we're doing dark magic. No, we're not. No, we're not. When you actually look into voodoo, hoodoo, in, in, in Santeria and in Ephorisha, it says nothing about that dark. What, what it says is 
we don't like to be called witches because we get our power from something other than pagans and Wiccans, number one. Number two, you are a powerful person from start to finish. What are you taught in Christianity? From the start, you're taught that you're not shit. What do they say? You were born into sin and somebody had to help you. So from day one, you are taught that somebody had to help you because you ain't shit. Hmm. Now I would now I'm gonna say that loosely because well some people might say well I, I didn't think that it meant that I ain't shit it does mean that somebody had to save you and in our religion our spiritual gut I'm following it says that you are a powerful person remember your divinity remember your your God and goddesses respect and honor your ancestors they came before you and respect and honor yourself because you are very powerful I like that. And I resonate with that. And as I got deeper and deeper into it, things started to happen. I saw that I saw synchronicities in numbers and bree- mm-hmm. breezes of air when my windows are closed, shadows, lights. And at first, I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" Oh, it scares the shit out of you at first. Listen, Listen. I turned on all Ooh. these lights and I said, "What's going on?" Like I'm freaking out. <laughs> but guess what? It did not feel like it was harming me it did not feel like it had a negative energy and Mm -hmm. i was told that the more you start to get into this like right now the more i'm talking about it it's right in front of me i feel this air right in front of me and i was told the more you start to get intuitive with these things and the spirit world knows you're trying to contact them they're going to start coming at you and it's talking talking back yeah it's mm-hmm. beautiful. It is beautiful, but you still have to set some boundaries because they they tr- they're trying to contact you for. The- oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want you to do other things. Like, hold on now, wait. Yeah, yeah, but um, I left. I left Christianity in November of that year. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you this. So I, oh, where am I going to start? So I went on Amazon. I bought two books. Right. Um. Started talking mm-hmm. to this Aoife. I had two books on me, whatever. It wasn't until uh, Seattle's horrible Juneteenth of last summer, um, there was this um, Black queen. She was leading this this spiritual prayer. And so there's a lot of people there just chilling. And she had two altars. And I said, oh, okay, I have a spirituality. Let me talk to her. This, this, is, a, this is a community that I want to get into. So I, I started talking to her. Mm-hmm. She said, I, I have an Ia, African priestess, I want you to talk to. I spoke with her. I told her about my journey and everything. And she says, why don't you join my class? And she says, here are the books we need. One of those books is the one that I just randomly bought on Amazon. And come to find out the author, who is a Baba, which is a high African priest, he bought that book on a whim on Amazon for just because it said Ephodisha, come to find out I needed that in ES course. And so how did I know that I needed that book? I didn't know. It was synchronicity. synchronicity. That's why I tell you, I was supposed to come here to learn something. And now that I'm here and I'm learning, I know that I won't set roots in Seattle. Um, I had a reader told me that also, she said, yeah, you aren't supposed to come to Seattle, but you're supposed to learn something there. You're supposed to go, apparently I'm supposed to go to the South. And for some reason, I am really attached to Dallas. Dallas keeps speaking to me. Why am I in Dallas right now? Dallas keeps (laughs) speaking to me. It keeps speaking to me. It's like, go. And I'm like, oh, I just got here. Leave me alone. (laughs) But take your time, you know, because child, I'm about to hit a year next month and I'm trying not to leave. Listen, listen, I'll come to uh, Dallas is strong anymore and y'all roofs are not falling in because listen 
<laughs> that shit scared the hell out of me. I'm so sorry. How scary is that? Yeah, man. That is terrifying. Like, we were not prepared for that at all. It, oh. it shows you about global warming. Like, over here, the majority of apartments in Seattle do not have AC. And they say what? it doesn't have AC because it traditionally does not get cold here. Last summer during Papa John's, or sorry, pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> it was 99 degrees. And you saw a lot of people in this apartment building, you saw box fans gone in all stores. You had, we, the only areas in a lot of apartment buildings that have AC are the hallway. So we had our doors open with our box fans sucking in the air from the hallway. And it was just hot. Global warming is real, y'all. Texas, it's real. Come on. It's a come on. Oh, um, that's all I had for you. I need a drink. Listen, talking about that, shit. I'm already drinking. Yes, you got to catch up. Yeah, well, I was trying to um slow down from yesterday. Mm. I'm trying to help my friend going through a breakup, so we had that tequila. Mm, yeah, and I had a few. I hear you pouring. <laughs> <laughs> But um, where where can my listeners find you? Oh yes, uh, your listeners can find me on Instagram. I am it's K Stewart, as in I T S K as in K A Y Stewart S T E W A R T, and that is at uh, Instagram or. Screen just went. Where did I stop at? You said, or they can, <laughs> or oh, or or, or the same name time. on Clubhouse, or just wait. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, Clubhouse, the swimming cam ads, and I just I don't know something about your energy. I was like, yeah, I want him on my show. Thank you, thank you. This is the first time I've ever been invited on a podcast. The first time I've ever spoken on it. You know, you made me feel so good today. Like I felt like, wow. Like when somebody wants to hear what you have to say, how beautiful is that? Because I just, I just talk sometimes. <laughs> you have a voice. You need it needs to be heard. Thank you so much. That makes me feel so good. Thank you so much, Josh. This is such a beautiful opportunity. Yes, and we're gonna talk some more because I want to get some insights um, on some things. Oh, bad! I'm an open book. Whatever it is, go ahead. Uh, and it was about the books. Look, see, you already know. Ooh, I know what we can talk about next time. What's that? Go, you know, I'm open for ideas. So, you know, I was uh, in the military as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, which friend? Navy. The Navy, really? Oh, I was a seaman. <laughs> <laughs> but no, how long? Wait, how long were you in? I was in the Navy for eight years, and I was an officer. I was a surface warfare officer. Yeah, see, that's where your mannerisms. See, Listen. and I, mm, well, it's, I did my eight years too, and that was it. I was like, you know what? No, no, can't do anymore. Same here. Like people say, why did you do twenty? I never, even at the beginning of it, even whenever my career was at its peak, I guess, and I put that in quotations, I never mm-hmm. in my mind said 20 years, even when the checks that were getting big. I knew that was Never, a never. <laughs> because, like, the Navy, I'm not going to take from the military what it taught me, but one thing it has done to somebody like me, and I can, and I can say the same for um, you from what I'm noticing, we are very colorful people, and the military mm-hmm. is a very cookie-cutter occupation that requires you to be black and white in most instances. And I'm sorry, me Josh, both of us, we we color outside the lines. 
All the time. Hello. Like, no, Hello. Stay in the line. Hello. Like, no, I don't want to. Can't do that. <laughs> cannot. You cannot put me in the corner. <laughs> I'm sorry. No type of boxes. I'm. No, I've met some great people, went Same. to some great places, Same. but it's just not. But I, I just couldn't just live by certain rules and watch certain things happen. And I just knew the change that I needed to see was going to happen. So, um, definitely love my um, all the people in service, though. Good job, guys. <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. I can't, I would love to hear your story. Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> listen. Oh, <laughs> listen. Oh, yeah. But I saw, thank I, you I saw so those much pictures. For oh, no problem. No problem. No problem. No problem. I want to hear stories from you, though. Oh, I, I feel like. No, no. We didn't. I said I want to hear your stories. Yeah, because you've already started drinking. I don't want to listen. I, I'll wait to Yes, over. yes, please. I'm at an acute of inebriation, <laughs> and it's not what you want right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I already listen. I already got a freaking. I'm gonna be up all night trying to record. I mean, trying to edit. So, uh, yeah, let me get my drink (laughs) ready now. But thank you so much for joining. This was a delight, Josh. It was a delight. Thank you for having me. No problem. Well, um, I will be hitting you up because I do want to see what books I need to get. Okay, okay, no problem. I can recommend like a couple. All right. All right, guys, so we'll, um, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. I'm going to hit you up in a minute, Cam. All right, blessing. All right, bye, guys. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of Free Game, the podcast. I want to give a special shout-out to Cameron. Thanks for being on the show. And also to Clubhouse in general for um, the last three episodes were from people I just met on there, just having normal conversations. So hope you guys enjoy your weekend. See you next time. Bye.